Nick. What? God, what now? Why are we still having this conversation? It took weeks and I finally convinced another MyPillow representative to come, to come down here. <laughs> are you gonna be able to get past this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to come down here. And now there's another car sticking out of the swamp and no trace of him. Don't look at me. You mounted him on the fireplace. He's right there. No, that's something else. I've been busy, you see? With what? Anxiously pacing the house isn't busy. Busy with mother. Who? Mother! Oh, this isn't any good, dearie. Your friend is blaming all sorts of mischievous deeds on you. You know, he might look a little better as a chandelier. Or perhaps a nice coat? Yes. Yes. A new coat. Right. What? Nick, sit down. Are you mad? We all go a little mad sometimes, Brian. They said they would never come back. That they couldn't come back. Welcome to another episode of the new and improved podcast from the Black Lagoon. Where we metaphorically slice and dice our way through horror films of old and new. I'm Brian, professional taxidermist and definitely not the host of an internal battle between two warring personalities. I'm Nicholas uh, Alexander Hacks. Uh, who refuses to write these ahead of time. <laughs> yes. There it is. Man, man filled with chocolate. Mm, oh, okay. Okay, so today we are covering Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, a very classic film. This was my first viewing of it. If you haven't seen our reaction on YouTube, go ahead and check that out at the Black Lagoon Network. It was a fun time. We really, really had a uh, a guffaw of. Um, I would I would call it a guffaw. Yeah. Commentating. On, on that movie. It was fun. Oh, I'm forgetting. Y yeah, you're stammering like I'm supposed to pick up. <laughs> uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Get to the uh, synopsis, man. <laughs> yeah, so, Psycho. In a world where women who consist mostly of chocolate milk get murdered by two people in one body, a cop with an unbelievable name goes on the hunt. What, were you expecting something more? Th that's all I got. Stop being greedy, and let's get to the segment. Guts of the film. Wow, guts. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Okay, so I, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. And I like the idea of you watching this for the first time, because it's one of those movies that... I feel like people think it's going to be, like, not exciting if you watch it again because everybody just knows everything that happens in it. But firstly, just in its own right, it is a blast just to watch because it's so well-filmed and it's just interesting. Um, but also, it's really well-made. Like, the writing is solid. Like, it's, it's a thriller. It's very much a thriller drama with this undertone of horror and dread. And I, I was so into that idea. And there's so many interesting things he does with the characters. And um, 
things that I really want to break down later on to this. But what are your overall feelings about the film, seeing this for the first I time really, before we get into that? I enjoyed it for, for what it's worth. Um, this is a very old film, and I wasn't expecting it to hold up to today's standards, which is not saying very much because today's standards are, are, are horrible. Uh, but, yeah, this was, this was a fun one. Um, a little bit slow, but it, it picks up, it, it gathers a sort of a rapid succession, rapid succession, um, as you, as the plot unfolds, as yeah. the, the, the side plot, uh, unfolds and, we get to the ho- uh, the motel, not the hotel, the motel, and um, I really, I really enjoyed Norman Bates's uh, characteristics, his mannerisms. It was really something off about him, but uh, mm. you wouldn't be able to tell the the protagonist in the first half of the movie. Um, you wouldn't be able to yell at her and say, "Hey, this this guy is." fucking sending you red flags like a goddamn uh light post (laughs) i norman the norman bates that that performance was so subtle and well done like there are there are movies now that don't get i'm gonna be a crazy person right like they just go overboard with like Mm. all the apparent like ticks that a crazy person would have oh wow this was very well done um it was uh, exceedingly well done. I was amazed that this is a, a film from the 60s. It really felt like a, a solid, well-acted film, and it was constantly building up on its own tension. But one of my favorite parts of it wasn't even like the the two or three iconic scenes. It's the ideas that, that Hitchcock kind of plays within it. Like this this idea that we expect this woman with, in today's money, more than a quarter of a million dollars stashed away in her room that surely if, if Norman Bates or his, or his mom is killing her, that's going to be a motive. But it's never even on his mind. Like, we're in this world where that is the most valuable thing. Everybody's looking for A, the person they love, or B, a boatload of money. And Norman doesn't care about either of those things. It's or C, crazy. Yeah, what? What is C? A, a lifetime supply of yep. mayonnaise. Yeah. Oh, okay. You, you, you changed lubricant. it up. Oh wow! Okay, I don't. I changed it up and then I switched it back on you. Surprise! You? Okay, well, it's this idea that Norman isn't like above or below money. He just isn't in a world where that matters. Like uh, there's right. this moment where he's talking to um, the guy who's like fainting that he'll buy the motel, and he's saying, "You can't buy this. It's my world. Like this is literally all I have. Like without this, I cease to exist." And this is like great that's such a great idea he literally just threw all that money in the car and just ran it into the marsh what a great moment that's just great like through character building the idea that he cares so little about this thing everybody else is so caught up about and um the detectives can't figure out what happened because they keep they they think the motive is the money and it's literally this guy's deep psychological toil that he's could not handle I'm really interested to see what the sequels to this movie play out 
to be. When were those made? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. Okay. I don't know anything about them if they were direct sequels. Or, yeah, there was a Psycho 2 in 1983. And then a Psycho 3. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Same. It was directed by same. Richard Franklin. I'm pretty sure it's the same actor who plays Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same Same Norman Bates. Interesting that they made another one. I had no idea. So I guess... Oh, different vibe looking through these photos different vibe <laughs> so i guess uh stay stay tuned for that because we've never yeah we've never I'm seen for it. seen psycho 2 or 3 i believe and i only remember american psycho through slight drug-induced haze i i Ameri hardly... american psycho is an entirely different franchise but boy is, it... is that a film worth watching that is a book worth reading good lord yeah Oof. Which I have yet to get to. I have so many books on my list that I need to read and finish. And <sighs> there's no it time, is. damn it. There's yeah. no time. <laughs> <laughs> there's chocolate milk all over my tub. Why? Oh boy. Yeah. Why? Uh, if you watch our reaction video, eighty percent of it is Nick talking about chocolate milk. <laughs> Because he could not get over how fun it is that the blood was, what was it, chocolate syrup? Chocolate syrup, yeah. And the joke is you mix chocolate syrup with chocolate, or with, with, with what, water? You get chocolate milk? milk? Where did the milk why come would you, from? Why would you yeah. put chocolate syrup in water? That's what I'm, where did milk come from if it's You if put it's chocolate water? syrup in milk. I understand, but there was no milk in the movie. Where did your chocolate milk come from? It's just chocolate milk. Okay. The purity of your imagination. Mm-hmm. So because I, because I said because I said so because, yes, because I said <laughs> he bulletproof and so and so Nick said it was chocolate milk and so it and shall it be. There you go. So saith the Lord. Hmm. Revelation. Separated. Psycho. Water from water and chocolate milk, and on the seventh day it was. <laughs> so if your blood is chocolate milk what's the mayonnaise thanks so you're the one who watched this for the very first time tell me what what was this like for you did it was it kind of underwhelming was it fun can you appreciate the craft but you weren't into the film like what what are your uh, what are your thoughts god you did say it felt long and what did you find it I not mean, really engaging or did you think it was pretty engaging? i was i was invested with the character even though no. i knew some of the like twists and turns like i knew right. i knew by the end of the first half of the movie uh what's her face gets gets the knife in the in the bathtub and um or the shower i should say uh but Honestly, it didn't ruin my experience, regardless of these spoilers. It was it was an experience of a lifetime, because I've never I never saw Psycho. I'm like not gonna be ashamed to say that I never saw like one of the most like acclaimed horror films or psych not psychological but I guess I guess psychological horror right yeah, yeah um, sure. more more of a thriller. 
Definitely. Um, yeah. And it definitely played a part uh, for for horror films years to come uh, being an inspirational piece of art. I love the way that Alfred Hitchcock directed these scenes. The camera panning and the uh, these long hallway shots are just so superb. Like I can't I can't think of another director who can pull something like that off. Especially after um, What's Her Face dies and she's just head first on the floor it's very mm. it's a really ugly scene cuz she's fucking gorgeous a gor- mm. gorgeous woman and that's a very a deliberate scene where yeah. you do see all these beauty shots where her face is lit from above and the camera's facing down on her and then suddenly she's upside down with her face smeared into the floor or when it's she's a very having the moment. or when she's having the conversation with Norman Bates and you can see in the background the the paintings and pictures of birds attacking women with fucking subtle nod to to another alfred hitchcock movie uh birds and uh sort of a ominous uh warning to the audience hey like these are predators these birds are predators and they're attacking women and who norman bates is a fucking predator and he's about to attack a woman. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it was very well done. Yeah, uh, Nick's pointing out, we, we looked at this in the reaction video, mm-hmm. where, yeah, during that conversation, there are these big taxidermy predatory birds sitting right above Norman, in frame with his head far to the right. And then in the background were these pictures of, of very violent photos of women being assaulted, one uh, by some creature, one by a group of people. And they all involve some level of nudity and assault, like mm-hmm. Greek tragic paintings. And it uh, really did feel it had that feeling of the the um violation in that shower scene i also love how the taxidermy plays a part towards the end of the movie and it's not just there to be there in the background to be like Mm -hmm. ominous and creepy it's like oh he used like you know his skills in taxidermy to preserve his mother or whatever Mm -hmm. even though he denied being a taxidermist yeah he was just and it's even then it's such a bookish character trait because it's just like this idea of I spend my time preserving things that are past. And Wait a minute, did he? No, he didn't deny it. My bad. Because he, he was talking about how it's a, um, it's not a he, hobby. Yeah, he, he said it's essentially it's more than a hobby. Was his yeah. point? Like it's it's like a life. It's something to be dedicated mm-hmm. to your life to right. be dedicated to. So that's again, it's bad. a very interesting <laughs> thing to be fixated on. Because it is this idea of I, I won't let the past be past. I need to bring this stuff back and preserve it and maintain it. And even if he didn't uh, uh, taxidermy his mom, then it's still an interesting Stuff symbolic her. hobby. Um, just the the fact that he has Stuff a psychological me. hang up on things not being dead. I don't I don't love stuffing cats or dogs. I just love stuffing birds. I just got a very like sexual undertone from that discussion that through that conversation. It just it makes me giggle, okay? But um nothing makes me giggle more than the the scene where our uh detective Arbogast, it's not his real name. His his first name is Milton. 
His first mm-hmm. name is Milton, and his last yeah. name is Arbogast. Yep. It's so such a he weird name. He was hard totally in high school. <laughs> a virgin he... until his mid forties. Yeah. Um, and then never again. But I, I find his death to be hilarious, and that didn't really age well. Um, him falling down the stairs didn't age well. Right. The first half up to the part where he falls down the stairs. That 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 scene aged terrifically, but him falling down the stairs is so hilarious. I can't. I mean, they had to work with what they had at the time, nineteen fucking sixties. They didn't have a lot of you know um, special effects to really do what we do nowadays. Yeah, uh, I mean, I thought that was probably the most masterful sequence of the whole film. That That is by far more technically impressive than the shower scene, which was well done because it's the first time you see it. But as far as, like, masterful filming intention, that moment was the pinnacle of the movie for me. And this is even my second, third time watching it. That is still definitively, to me, like, the most impressive sequence. It's this Terrence Malick style, like, he's, like, flipping the camera upside down and zooming it up the stairs and around. And then Bates comes out with a knife. And, yeah, mm-hmm. there's a sequence where he's falling down the stairs. And it's kind of, like, green screened. Yeah. And then he hits the floor. And it's, like, a really jarring moment. I, I thought it was definitely, for me, like, the, the oh my best God. example of, of the artistry in this film. The, the background. The, the, the places that this film is shot in is just so, like, wow. Hmm. It's beautiful. The buildings, yeah. the architecture, the the rooms, the decor, everything. I'm just, why? When I was watching the movie, I just couldn't help but comment on the decor and fuck, man. I mean, yeah. Even even the the scenes, the the far far shot scenes of the the house while it's raining is just so beautiful mm-hmm. and ominous and eerie at points in time oh my god yeah it was really uh, really well done and i i just like i i feel like the the main thrust of the film we know we will never get to experience it like people did back then mm-hmm. because the whole idea is you go into it knowing nothing um and you you watch the protagonist of the film die off essentially immediately once the exposition is done and the story starts hitting act one, you know? Um, and then you're just left wondering what happens. And it's just, it's a chess match at that point. Everything has been sent into motion by this woman's one action and then everybody's got to move in. And it just causes death and discovery and all of these horrible things that happen. And that is a really masterful way to make a horror movie today and to do that in the 60s before they're even like really horror cliches like we know them now, it's a really great thing. I, I love that. Anything that tries to mix up the genre is wonderful. That's, some of the best horror films in a long time have come out recently, if you look for them, because they're doing these incredible genre mixing moments that are just brilliant. They're, they're right. saying, no, we're, I'm done with the cliche. We are going to push this as far as we can. And that's brilliant. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of reason to watch Psycho today. And kind of get a feeling for the genre doesn't just have to be constant repetition of one theme because it worked before. 
you can play with it in all these new ways. And it's great. It's really great. It's a tense movie. Um, and I love it. Uh, despite my massive appreciation for it, it will not make my top 10 list. It probably doesn't make my top 20 list. Yeah. Love the, it's a great film. I don't, I don't like feel it. You know, like I watched the thing and I'm like, I get it. I get it. I, American Werewolf. You know, mm-hmm. these are films that are not only well made, they just hit me in just the right, like it's the right spot. And yeah. this doesn't do that for me, despite I, I, I can't agree. pick out anything against it, but it just isn't my perfect movie, you know? Yeah. It, it's more of like this this mystery more than horror, you know? Yeah. You're trying to figure out when when Norman's going to slip and uh, if... If Norman's mother is alive, who who the killer mm-hmm. is, but kind of some of that stuff is already spoiled. So it's just right. like <laughs> there's a lot of tension we don't get to experience because just again being culturally aware that this movie exists is in itself spoiling the movie mm-hmm. because the only parts that are well known are the such a shame points that are given such away. a shame. It's because yeah. it's it's very hard, especially when we're doing a new YouTube channel. Uh, by the way, go check that out. Black Lagoon Network, um, and a new format for that channel where we react to movies, and it's it's really hard because looking at all these other channels that are doing it, uh, some some of these people aren't horror fans like me per se. I'm I'm like dead into horror, like like if I had a kid, here you go, have nightmares. Um, not to that extent, but. Like, here here's a movie that you can watch. Like I like to have like this abundant amount of knowledge is a gift and a curse, because now I can't I can't experience a movie and have it scare the shit out of me or have it make me feel like, um, well, scared. Uh, but. To also find that masterpiece of of film, which um, I can't find any other movie that can master The Thing or An American Werewolf in London, uh, it, it is very hard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and and you kind of have to go looking for them. Yeah, um, there, there's a very exciting thing happening. This is intersection of art house and horror. And you are going to find movies there that are technically impressive, insanely disturbing. Like, I am desensitized to 90% of anything I've ever seen in my life. Watching mm-hmm. horror movies and all, all, all sorts of nonsense, like, you just kind of get... It takes a lot more to actually move you. I can appreciate the films for what they are, and I like the sense of dread, but being scared or disturbed doesn't really quite come easy. There are new horror films that have been very effective at being disturbing and scary, um, but it just you can't get that anymore from... For me personally, I would never feel scared of a slasher movie again. I'd never feel scared of a haunting house movie. I would never feel... like There are these trite, over, overdone yeah. subgenres that yeah, for me personally, for sure. I, can't, I can't do more of them. And it's so... It's nice to see... There is a lot of innovation happening where it's not even being gratuitous. It's being so blisteringly real that your your brain is just astounded that uh, these horrible things are unfolding on camera. That's, so how, do, how does one truly get disturbed, Brian? Is it with 10,000 fists in the air? 
or like down with the sickness. Is this a reference? I'm not. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there now. It took me a moment, but we're, we're, we're in the same place. <laughs> oh, my God. That kind of works. That, 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 that reference kind of works, too, because there's like a there's like a like a break off section where the lead singer is calling his mom a bitch like why do you have to be such a fucking bitch um just getting very violent towards his mom um so like it and yeah so with that being said norman killing his mom because of jealousy like again stemming off of like the oedipus complex uh god damn um, I wonder. Did we ever find out what that book was that she picked up? No. <laughs> That's such a bizarre. No. I was like, oh, all right, that... this is going to be important, and then nothing comes of it. I ever. was hoping. <laughs> Empty book. She opened up the page. No title. <laughs> Honestly, I'm glad that it doesn't show anything. I'm I'm fucking glad because if it were so context heavy, that it drove the plot further. Yeah. Um, it's like. It's like those paranormal movies where it's like, oh, I, I, I got to go to the library and and mm-hmm. f- figure out like what this ghost is and yeah. how it died and how I can stop it and oh, plot convenience. I'm flipping through this fucking a thousand page book and I'm reading up on. Anyways, um, yep. you know, figure out mommy problems and mm. how how we can stop them. We need to go in and say, your mom loves you, and then the ghost will go away. Like, it really does get like that with those movies, where it's like, yeah, it, it's it's kind of tiring. Um, now, I feel like we could dedicate an episode at one point to feeling desensitized to horror films, because I, I feel like you might relate to that. I feel like I can't remember the last time I've been scared or moved watching a movie. It really takes something phenomenal, and I'm um... so happy when I find those, but... I'm trying yeah, to they think. are hard to find. I feel like there was a movie recently that kind of, that kind of got under my skin, and I can't really remember what it was. Mm. If I figure if I figure it out, uh, I'll make mention of it in another episode, yeah. one way or another. Um, maybe maybe the 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 episode that we're thinking of, it could be like chasing the magic. Uh, the magic dragon mm-hmm. of horror yeah. and it's like our quest to find the most horrifying movie that could possibly cause a reaction to us because other than that I, ca- I can't necessarily say um, like I I wasn't scared of Psycho. Like I, I will say that I, I felt I felt tension between the characters, mm-hmm. and I saw what they were going for, and it, it works somewhat. But I wasn't like I'm not like scared to go to bed tonight. <laughs> right, and and the thing is, I think the thing to understand there is like that isn't even uh, I guess it wasn't the, really the, of the movie. It wasn't necessarily the goal the overall goal of the movie, I feel. I feel like it was just... 
it's just there to set tone and build a story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'd say Hitchcock's favorite thing is tension. There was an abundance of that. I definitely think there was some terror that he wanted to invoke, and I think it would have been successful had we not brain made ourselves brain dead. Uh, had funny, had so we not been born in this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I never think that me not being scared of a movie is the movie's fault because I know I've just shoved so much stuff into my head that it's like at this point it's going to take a lot because I, I feel like like desensitized. Maybe yeah. if we like swore off horror movies, <laughs> we for... need a, a palate cleanser, some some rom com <laughs> <laughs> tune in for uh 51st Dates with Adam Sandler and mm. Drew Barrymore uh, yeah. on the next episode of the podcast from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. It's a it's a tearjerker. I I found that that uh, non horror movies sometimes are far more effective at disturbing me than horror mm. films. Like I can watch a, a boatload of just nonsense movies where just ah, violence splashing up on the screen. All that. it just is like uninspired stuff. But I watched the new terrence malick film a hidden life and you can't get through that that three-hour masterpiece without feeling deep unease about the nature of humanity like that's like i saw a trailer uh today of a movie i don't remember what it was called but it's about school shootings like that that's Mm -hmm. like the premise like this girl is going through like surviving this this school shooting and then she decides to go, like, she escapes the school, but then decides to go back, I guess, because she knows how to hunt, I guess is what I'm getting from the trailer. Oh, no. I, I hope they didn't do slasher, but school shooter. That would be tasteless. I hope it has Very... some point for existing. I feel like it's the the die hard of school oh, shootings. No. <laughs> That's what I feel like it's going to be right. like. Interesting. Um, I, I, I'll withhold judgment because I haven't seen the trailer, but I hope that isn't the, the what I think it is. Now that might I have a machine gun. Horrendous. Ho, ho, yeah. ho. It's, We've already had it's January. Really moving. It's January. It's, it's not December. Why are you... Is it? Uh, I think there's a movie called... Um, for like a, a better like artistic tone poem about school shooting, there's a movie called Elephant mm. that's kind of all about incidents around one and during one and it's an older film but that it it gets it right um or like we need to talk about kevin it gets oh yeah right they don't just like hey ready it's a slasher film and he's going room to room shooting children but she knows how to hunt like are you kidding me i've never heard something so horrible (laughs) i hope again i haven't seen the tone of that movie it might be great i have no idea but i i hope it's it tries to be meaningful and not be commercial. Oh boy. Oh wait, Gus Van Sant did Elephant. He also had something to do with um one of the psycho movies, I think. I'll have to investigate that on my own time. Anyway. Uh any other other big things that you want to hmm. talk about after watching this movie wow. i've pretty much talked all i need to <laughs> i i will say uh yeah the, i i mean i sat down watched a movie with you and um 
I I got I got what I came for. Not the best movie of all time. Uh, I agree with you um, on that. So yeah, I I, I guess it's it's time to uh, move on to the next section, Brian. What what do you think? Is is it time to? to uh, hmm. I think eulogy? I'm gonna loiter a bit. I'm just gonna sit here. I would like maybe five minutes of silence, and then I think I'll feel ready. No. no. Okay. <laughs> we we got we got somewhere sure? to be, buddy. Come on. Okay. Fine. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. May God be with this young man's soul. May Rodney rest today. We are gathered here to bury a classic film, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, nineteen sixty. Chocolate milk women. You cannot get enough. Mama's boy. Uh-huh. A detective with a very <laughs> unbelievable name. Arbogast. <laughs> no, Milton <isn't>. Arbogast. <laughs> uh, I don't believe you. <laughs> no way. No that's way not, that's your that's, name. That's, I don't buy it. You. you know what? Bullshit. I'll, I'll admit to the crime. I call shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no one's that sadistic. <laughs> yeah. Child. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say about you. Uh, very influential film. I will agree with that. Um, but not best film of all time. But we'll get that to another segment later. Um, so, yeah. I We're not burying this movie. Oh. We're, this, this one's we're stabbing it. We're, yeah. what, what, what we're doing is uh, we're sneaking up behind it. While it's mm-hmm. taking it, while it's in the, in the shower, stabbing yeah. it multiple times, yes, and then dragging the body, putting it in the trunk, mm-hmm. and sinking it in uh in the swamp. Yes. Yep. And what are we doing that with, Nick? A candelabra. In the yeah. kitchen. That's what you're okay. That is your final answer. With Colonel Mustard. Hmm. Okay. Um, I can't talk. What are we doing doing it with? Okay. So we are <laughs> with, uh, hmm, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> Another segment Nick refuses to think about beforehand. <laughs> off the cuff, baby. Yep. Got to keep myself spry. Got to keep wig? Our, our listeners listening to, to silence. <laughs> a wig. Uh-huh. And, um, a stuffed bird. No, 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 no. Chocolate syrup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chocolate syrup. Yeah. Final answer for 300. Yeah. Okay. What is chocolate syrup for 300? <laughs> 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 Why is that? Fu- We're tired, people. There's no reason it should be. <laughs> We're hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> the lack of sleep. Uh, what are you? Uh, I didn't even plan. I normally do. Oh. So I'm talking oh, a lot of talk Mr. over Br- here. Mr. Brian didn't plan. What? No. What? Giving me shit. This character. <laughs> what? 
Mr. Brian didn't <laughs> didn't plan ahead. I never heard such thing. Hmm. Come to the Mississippi, okay. where we have all sorts of things: spicy shrimp, spicy gator, spicy gator shrimp, spicy spice, <laughs> spice girls. Uh, we. <laughs> Uh, all right, we are slowly losing our, our minds. I, I think I'm going to, to stab this movie with a, a 1960s Ford ad that boasts about their cabin size being just big enough to store one full-sized woman. And then that's going to be the end of that. <laughs> okay. Let that play out in, in, in your mind. Um, the voices. Are you getting voices, Nick? I don't... I hear something off in the distance, Brian. I, I, I think it might be a voice. Well, sometimes, that is better. Okay, so this one is by... I don't even know how to pronounce this fucking name, but I'm going to go ahead and try anyways. Gronowaldza, yeah, Waldza. Is that the? I, might I, that be the brother of, of Milton Arbogast? <laughs> published in uh, April seventeenth, twenty eighteen. Gave it a one star. Titled it "Wish I Never Watched It." Made no sense. Boring and needlessly bloody. I don't understand <laughs> why everyone was raving about it. First off, it's one of the most straightforward movies I've ever watched. Secondly, there was hardly any blood compared to any other horror movie. I don't think I saw any this blood. This is 2018. Brian. I saw chocolate syrup, but I didn't oh, see any yes. blood. Yes. I am astounded. I am astounded. How little effort do you have to be putting in if this movie doesn't make sense by like the master of story of like obvious cinema storytelling? A person must be smoking something. <sighs> Man. Crack. Not even once. Yikes. I have a heavily, heavily abridged Roger Ebert review. Um, he obviously loved this movie and saw it for what it was and gave it four out of four stars. And uh, it's a very long review, which is unlike him. So I've just abridged bits of it. So if it sounds broken into pieces, that's because it is. Hitchcock deliberately wanted Psycho to look like a cheap exploitation film. He shot it not with his usual expensive feature crew, which he had to film North by Northwest, but with the crew he used for his television show. He filmed in black and white. Long passages contained no dialogue. His budget, $800,000, was cheap even by 1960 standards. The Bates Motel and Mansion were built on the back lot at Universal. Seeing the shower scene today, several things stand out. Unlike modern horror films, Psycho never shows the knife striking flesh. There are no wounds. There is blood, but not gallons of it. Hitchcock shot in black and white because he felt the audience could not stand so much blood in color. The 1998 Gus Van Sant remake. Oh, he remade Psycho. That's the guy I was just talking about. Gus Van Sant, uh, his remake specifically repudiates that theory. The slashing chords of Bernard Herrmann's soundtrack substitute for more grisly sound effects. The closing shots are not graphic, but symbolic, as blood and water spin down the drain, and the camera cuts to a close-up. The size, the same size of Marion's unmoving eyeball. This remains the most effective slashing in movie history. 
suggesting that the situation and artistry are more important than graphic details. Very well said. What makes Psycho immortal when so many films are already half forgotten as we leave the theater is that it connects directly with our fears, our fears that we might impulsively commit a crime, our fears of police, our fears of becoming the victim of a madman, and of course, our fears of disappointing our mother. <laughs> Love that analysis. <laughs> this idea you can't trust yourself because you might run off with that money and ruin your life. You can't trust your mom because you might disappoint her. <laughs> or I guess yourself again. And then just the fear of others. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, he liked it, obviously. Uh, and I think what he said about the shower scene is, is right on point with what we were saying. Yeah. It's a very effective artistic shot. And that's, it works. I didn't know Gus Van Sant remade it. It's funny. Okay, so I guess that's it for our voices. And we got one more segment. The final cut. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this um, about six out of ten stabs for sure. Six out of ten. It's not it's not the best movie of all time, which would be a ten, and it's not the worst movie of all time, which would be a one. It's moderately decent for what it does but there are some issues with the film um some things that didn't really age well like the falling down the stairs scene so so comedically cheesy even though it's not supposed to be um uh but it it does what it does and uh that's all that's all i can ask uh from it so yeah yeah and this movie is the perfect reason I was originally resistant to rating things because I feel like this can't be rated fairly. Like my real opinions are mixed and that won't show up in one metric. Um, right. There's nothing wrong with this movie. Like all of it is so well done and so well written and it exceeds my wildest expectations about like good screenwriting and good filming and good sound. And just right. Everything about it is great, but I just didn't personally enjoy it the same amount that I would enjoy the thing. American Werewolf, other films like that that I really do like. So technically, this movie is a 10 out of 10 easy. It did exactly what it wanted to, and that's all I can ask for it to do. But my, my enjoyment of it wasn't quite 10 out of 10. I might, I, I'd give it like a, a, a solid 8.5 with that in consideration. It's a technical marvel, like a marvel. Right. Uh, I am astounded watching it again. Um, but it's not my favorite movie of all time. And, and that's for purely subjective reasons. So I, I'd average that out to like an 8.5 on my part. Maybe, pro I'd probably say like a, a six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. The end of the it. episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That was an, uh, that was a treat, uh, well, for one, to react to and uh, to discuss on the podcast as well. Yeah. Um. So if you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast from the Black Lagoon, you can find us on certain social medias, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Slasher, all under Black Lagoon Network. You can find us on YouTube as well, also under Black Lagoon Network, to check out our movie reactions. So, yeah. 
uh, stay tuned for more. Please do. And if you love what you heard, uh, please uh, leave us a rating on iTunes. That's the best thing you can do. And if you really love what you heard, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon slash BLN. Yep. And uh, also uh, maybe even give us movie ideas that we can react to. Yeah, totally. That could be a comment section on YouTube. Shoot us an audio message through Anchor. Whatever. Whatever. However you want to get in touch, get in touch. Uh, Whatever folks are receptive. Yes. Uh, The more buoyant your goat is, the better. Preferably with Pazuzu inside the goat's body. Yes. I think Pazuzu is where the buoyancy comes from. Yep. The the ethereal disembodied demon that possesses uh, primarily goats every now and again. No, the (laughs) goat... The goat ate a paper plane and now it is buoyant. Oh, I don't know. I see. <laughs> Definitely not how that works, but I love the, the cartoonish artistry of that. <laughs> what a charming, I wish that were real life. <laughs> what a pleasant world to live in. Okay, thank you. Please stay tuned. Please watch our next episode. And uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. <laughs>